Welcome to I Own Sarah Process, and I am so glad you made it. So I wanted to talk about the 400 hours externship. You see, I got us a background, baby. We are in Colorado, one of my favorite places in the United States to be because I love the mountains. So I brought Colorado here, even though I'm in the sunny state of Florida, even though I'm from California and kind of sort of live in Georgia. We're in Colorado this morning. It is four o'clock in the morning, so I'm not going to be too loud because I don't want to piss the neighbors off. Okay, so let's go. So we're going to talk about this 400 hours internship. Now, I didn't took notes because I know I start rambling off and get lost in my thoughts. So I'm going to read from my notes a little bit. So we know the 400 hours externship is a great opportunity for people to understand or bring together what's in the book, the CRCST book, and what we really do out there and to answer a lot of questions. So like for me, when I took my 30 day class, um, it was 40 hours a week. It was for 30 days. And we had to imagine everything that was in the book, whatever we couldn't pull up on YouTube, YouTube University, that is. And so what I did was in my head, I created Decon already in my head. So for me, Decon was a place like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be blood everywhere. Because think about it, before I even decided to get into sterile processing, my background was security, loss prevention. I was supposed to be a corrections officer or a warden at a prison. That was my goal. So being in a hospital was something I never wanted to do. I was kind of fearful even being in hospitals. I felt like that's where babies were born and people went to die. So I'm like, I'm never getting into the medical field. So when I started reading about the decontamination room, I'm like, oh my God, it's about to get for real, real. So Getting in there and getting the 400 hours is what I'm trying to say. It brings everything together and whether it's your reality or the things you drummed up in your head, they may be real and they may not be real, but it's that opportunity to get that hands on for you to even understand or even realize if this is something you even want to do. Because a lot of people, um, and that's why now what we do too is try to tour people to the department a little bit because People that even come in off the streets who've never done sterile processing, they can watch the videos on YouTube, but it cannot give you that real feel of the department until you walk through it. So I think a lot of people should be able to spend maybe a few hours in the department to find out if it's really something they want to do before they actually make that commitment. So unfortunately, the 400 hours come at the end of a lot of training. So you've already invested your money and time. But I will caution people, if you can get in there and get a tour or maybe hang out for an hour or two, I suggest you do that so you know what you're really getting yourself into because some people get into it and find like find out, ooh, this is not really what I thought it was. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you my story. Well, I just told you part of it. I'm gonna tell you some more of my story. But when I started, um, it was 18 students. And we had one instructor, 18 students. So after we went through the 30 days of classroom training, we went out there to our externship. So we were broken down into many different departments. So we went to materials management, supply chain, of course, decon. We built case cards. We did sterilization assembly and sterile storage. So our instructor broke us down to different areas. And as he bounced around, making sure we were okay and if we had any kind of questions or whatever. So it was it was very, very um, organized and we were able to touch every area of sterile processing, which I was really, really excited about because we did room audits. Like we would go to the patient rooms and scan the barcodes on the different equipment to see if they were being used. So I guess the patient could be charged for it. We uh, filled pixie machines. We did crash carts. We did everything. So I really did enjoy that. Now, like I said, there were 18 students there and that was kind of a challenge too because sometimes we would be put with people who were there to get the work done, with employees who actually worked there to get the work done. So they saw us as free labor. 
So me and then my homegirl Evelyn at the time, we teamed up and we were like, okay, we're here to learn. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to make sure that everything that we getting from the book, we can understand it out there on the field. That's what we we're trying to do. We were trying to make different connections. So if I had questions of something in the book, whether it's the IWA station, where is the um, SDS, the safety data sheet? Where are these things? Where are they being held? Is the eyewash station really, what is it, 15 seconds or whatever from a sink or from the nearest whatever? Is that really happening? Um, are we really putting the the bottom level of any rack? Is it, you know, closed in or do you have some type of barrier from the ground up? Are we really doing these inches from the wall and the ceiling and the sprinkler? So we were trying to see what does all this look like? Because we just read it in the book. Like, is this stuff even real? So I had to end up telling one person that was, you know, trying to boss me around. I was like, look, sir, I'm sorry, but I'm here to learn. I have a certification I have to pass. I've invested a lot because when I went through the certification course, I didn't work. So my family had to support me during that time because it was 40 hours a week for 30 days. And then we did our 400 hours externship right after that. So I was out of work for a few months. OK, now let me move on. But I didn't refuse any work, but I just let them know that's what I was there to do. OK, so then I want to talk about the other side of the fence. Now, I have also been in positions where I train interns or externs or whatever you want to call it, the externship or the intern or whatever. I was on the other side of the, um, the fitness and I had one student come in, my very first student. They had went through a training program. They spent $15,000 to learn sterile processing. I was like, wow, I didn't even know they were charging that much for it. And so it's very critical for people that spend that kind of money to get the best they can get out there 400 hours. And it was my responsibility to make sure they got that because I felt like when they did pass their certification, I had a lot to do with that. So I started off with the ISHM checklist that they have and they break everything down in location and they um, dedicate so many hours to those different locations. So I started with that and I made sure that we worked our way through every area and I was able to dedicate as much time possible in those areas, even though I was in a hospital that didn't have all those areas like ETO, I only can speak to it. You know what I mean? I only can pull up YouTube videos because we didn't do ETO, but we did build case cards. We didn't do supply chains and material management, but I did connect him with the person who did do that. And they were able to walk them through those different little pieces of that job. So they get a clear understanding of what that meant. And, you know, like just in time and stuff like that. So they were able to make the connections with things like that. And after um, he did his 400 hours with us, he went back to school, finished that up sat for the ISHM exam and got a certification. And guess what we did? We hired him. You know why we hired him? Because he was a hard worker. He was a good student. And that's another thing people got to think about. You have to be a good student if you're out there. You need a good teacher and a good student. You can't have one or the other because it's going to be a conflict because expectations are not going to be met. So you need to think about that too. And he understood why we were doing what we were doing. And that's another thing too. Nobody wants somebody who's just a textbook person that just can spit out answers. It's like, well, why are you doing it? And the reason why you need to know why. So when you're hit with something out of the ordinary that happens, you know what to do. You get, you can go back to the basics. You know what I'm saying? So you're able to troubleshoot better when you know the why into what you're doing. Then I had another intern. Now this story is not so good. It didn't end the way we thought because it started off so well this particular person didn't have to do the 400 hours and i don't know why that's not my business they came from a school as well where they paid a nice sum of money i'm sure to go there and they came there so we had really high hopes for this intern so she came in 
And the first week or so, it was it was great. You know, she seemed engaged. She seemed excited to be there. Was really quiet. And a lot of times when she responded, it was like yes or no, or she never really got any details with her explanation of anything. So that was okay. There was no big deal with that. Um, and you know, we understand it's intimidating walking into the department. So you know, nobody was trying to give her any pressure. But we had high hopes. We like, oh yeah, she's gonna be great. She's gonna be a good student. She's gonna be someone we can actually teach and we can mold. And hopefully, guess what? We can hire her. That's what we were thinking. So um, week one, between week one and week two, um, I would ask her questions. Oh, I would ask her if she had any questions and she never had any questions. Like she never questioned the process. She never had any questions about how we did anything. She never had any questions about if something was done right. She just just did whatever she was told with no questions. And um, there was a lot of things that she didn't know. And it I only knew she didn't know if I caught a mistake because she never let me know she didn't know. So like, for instance, I had had her go to decon with one of the most experienced person there that worked there and they were not just experienced because experience is one thing and somebody doing it by the book the standards is another thing so this was an experienced person doing it by the standards I would never put a student with anything else so she went in there with decon with that person they went through that a day or two later the manager and I talked to her I was like how was that what do you think you know talked to her about different things she seemed comfortable she seemed happy I had her own trays and everything she seemed comfortable she seemed happy no complaints no questions the manager ended up talking to her like in between those days and asked her if there was anything she needed help with. Was there areas that she wanted to learn a little bit more about? Oh yeah, I need to go to decon. And I'm looking like, well, damn, I just talked to you the other day and you didn't tell me anything about decon. I'm constantly asking you questions every day and I never got an answer. Okay, we're going to move on. So I said, okay, well, I even asked her, I said, well, can you bring questions from the book that you may have questions about that you need some clarification on? Because that's what I did. I had questions from the book that I need clarity on when I was doing my $400. She never did that. Okay. So then I would just ask her questions. I knew that would be on the exam. Different questions, whether it was temperatures in the room, humidity, air exchanges, um, things about race, you know, how dealing with the fire extinguisher, different things like that. She didn't have a clue. And she wasn't even trying to find the answers. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, mm, this is the kicker that killed me when I asked her this question. Listen to this. I said, so why did you choose? Because I knew the school that she went to had several different programs. I said, so why did you choose sterile processing? You guys ready for this? Wait a minute. I got to take a drink. This is water. It's four o'clock in the morning. She said, because it was the shortest program. Oh my God. My head almost exploded. Oh, really? Did you just say what you just said? Because it was the shortest program? Okay, so you're not even here because it's interesting, because it has anything to do with patient care, because you feel like you're a part of a bigger movement or you're part of something larger than you. None of that. It was the shortest program. Okay, you know what? I don't even know what I can do with this person. Okay, so I continued on with my little training, even though I was overwhelmed with other work I had to do. I still dedicated a lot of my time with this particular person. I asked her if there was anything she wanted to focus on. Nope. I asked her to come up with questions. Nope. But you know what she did do a lot of? She kept looking at her watch. So every time I was talking to her, she'd do this. And I'm like, did you, are you late for something? Do you have to leave early? Is something going on? Oh no. Okay. So I said, well, you know, maybe it's one of them smart watches where you got to keep up with your heart or you got to keep up with, I don't know, your eating schedule or your steps or something like that. Mm, maybe that's what it was, but it was annoying because it's like, you're not paying attention. Okay, let's keep going. 
Well, around week two, she had to leave early. She wasn't feeling well. Okay, everybody has those days. They're not feeling well. So, okay, she had to leave early. All right, next day I get an email, five o'clock in the morning. Oh, I'm sick. I'm not going to be able to make it in. Oh, okay. What can I say? She's extern. She's intern. Week three, she just didn't even show up. So I looked up and it was like, I swear to God, she was supposed to be there at eight o'clock. I look up at 10 o'clock realizing she wasn't even there. I'm so sorry. I was like, oh my God, the student is in here. What happened to her? Talked to my manager. He doesn't know. Called the school. They wasn't even aware she wasn't going to even show up. She just didn't show up. That Monday she showed up like nothing ever happened. Oh, okay. Later on that week, she had a flat tire. She ended up, did she call or email? I think she emailed me again. That she had a flat tire and she'll be in as soon as she get it fixed. She never showed up. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I, I told the manager, I was like, look, you know what? I'm kind of over her. Like, I don't have the time. First of all, I don't have the time to sit here and try to train somebody who's not even taking no sort of initiative. We've been doing the same thing for two or three weeks. We've been bouncing around. They should have questions. They should be able to, you know how to do pill packs. So you see pill packs need to be done. I shouldn't have to keep telling you, okay, do that pill pack. And then when you're done with the pill packs, okay, do these pill packs. And then later on, they ask, do you still want me to do pill packs? Oh, uh, well, wait a minute. We've been doing pill packs all day. So what exactly do you? thing so I was like I don't have time for this then you don't show up and then you then you're late she's been late a couple of times I'm like you you're only here for like 160 hours like how can you create this much mess in this amount of time so the person that we thought was going to be perfect week one baby by the time we got to week four it was like you know what I know what I'm gonna have you do I'm gonna have you put the filters in the caskets and get the caskets ready for the techs that are here really to support patient care that's what we're gonna do so that last week Oh, yeah, you go over there. And guess what? She was happy. She was happy that she didn't have to do sterilization loaves. She was happy she didn't have to do prep and pack, decon, any of that. When I told her she wasn't going to do the caskets for the rest of the week, she lit up. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. So I could have had you did this a long time ago. And I didn't have to waste my time with the student who only took this course because it was the shortest course at the school. Oh, my God. So let me move on. So then I started looking around the internet, like, what can I find? I know other people got horror stories out there, but nothing like sterile processing. So really the stories I was able to find is outside of sterile processing, okay? One thing people were talking about on the internet is not taking the initiative. They say a lot of these students are sitting back like they're in class waiting for the teacher to call on them. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get hired. Nobody wants to deal with that, okay? Straight up. Another thing they were talking about, some people don't understand their boundaries, whether they're sharing information they shouldn't share, they're talking bad about the school, they're talking bad about their classmates and things like that. Nobody wants to hear that. One particular story on the internet that I found that they had an intern working there and had issues with pretty much everybody there. So what they did was they decided to go over their team lead, their lead tech, their supervisor, their manager, and went straight to the CEO sent them an email about suggestions that need to be made to the department. Yes, they did. Okay, that was one. There was another article. Now, this one was kind of funny because I know you need something to laugh, so I got something for you. This one was the intern that didn't know it was time to go. So they, of course, you're doing your 400 hours or whatever it is, and they had a little party for them to go at the end of the, you know, the 400 hours. Oh my God, we love you. Thank you, Solyndra. You're so great. So Friday we had a party. Monday, Solyndra shows back up and they looking like, what are you doing here? Uh, you're done. And they said the person went nuts. Was like, what do you mean I'm done? What do I supposed to do? I can't believe you guys did this to me. And they were like, whoa, 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 bruh. It was just a 400 hours internship. 
it's time for you to move on and either find a job or I don't even know if the person expected to get hired there. Whatever happened, that security, call security, get your crazy butt up out of here because your 400 hours is up. Now I want to move on to the student side of things. I encourage the students, get you a checklist, get that issue checklist. You may walk into a department that is not prepared for you. They don't mind their free labor but they are not prepared to really train you. You need to go in there with your own curriculum, with your own checklist. Start off with that ISHM checklist that breaks everything down by areas and break it down by hours. I would definitely do that. You need to keep it professional. And when we talk about keeping it professional, we're talking about dressing, how you dress, your scrubs. The scrubs are issued by the hospital. So that doesn't mean that you need to be trying to um, hook them up and tie them up on the side because that's how you roll or you need to be um, sagging. Okay, sagging in scrubs, not cute. You do not need to wear scrubs two size too small. You know what I mean? I mean, nobody wants to see somebody looking like they're wearing spandex and it's, it's scrubs. So make sure you're professional. Make sure you're not coming in there with an excess amount of perfume or cologne, a lot of jewelry. Leave the nose rings behind, okay? Unless they say it's okay. I just say leave it behind. But whatever the policies are for the rest of the text, you need to abide by that too. So don't think you're exempt because you're um, you're an intern or you're doing your externship. Don't think you're exempt from the rules. You adhere to the same rules as everybody else. Okay, so treat it like a profession. Don't show up late, of course. Don't miss whatever deadlines. Complete whatever you started. And if you can't, let somebody know. I've been, I've told um, interns before, like I would give them trades to do, and I would find them things that you know I'm feeling with that's within their abilities. And I'm like, hey, if you can't finish all this stuff I'm giving you, don't worry about it. Let me know. Communicate that to me, and I'll handle it. Because I don't want them to feel like they got to work past you know the eight hours in the day that is allotted to them to do nine hours because they're trying to finish a set that I gave them that was too difficult. So I definitely let them know that too. So that should be understood as well. Um, taking their lunches and breaks or whatever. If you have a 30 minute lunch break, take 30 minutes. You got to think about it. You're like being interviewed for the whole $400 if you ask me. A lot of places are willing to hire you. So they're looking at you know your lunch breaks, your attitude, your dress, how you interact with other people. So that's why it's very important for you to keep it um, professional. Like I said, have a plan. Discuss that plan. You can talk to the manager and say, hey, I noticed that, you know, I, I really the first week you're there, kind of fill it out and be like, you know, I kind of noticed that well, we don't really have a structure going on here. And the best way you can say that and be like, hey, I came up with some ideas. And can you put me point me in the right direction or put me with the right people that can help me work through these things? Because you have some people in the department love decon and that's what they do all the time. And they are the best in decon. So maybe you want a chance to work with that person or the person that's best in sterilization. And you want a chance to work with that person because a lot of departments are really short handed. Okay, so if you can come up with a list after you realize they don't have a list, it would definitely help you. I will caution you now, if you go to a department and you end up being like the gopher and you just run around fetching stuff or you just run around doing nothing but pill packs since you've been there and this is like week three or you're doing nothing but decon and it's week three and that's not part of the training program or they have you doing like I did at the end, you just putting filters in caskets or rigid containers, then you're not going to get the training you need for you to pass that certification in my opinion you're not getting the hands on that you need to be the best tech you can possibly be whether they hire you or not whether you go to another place at least you are able to be equipped because that's something you put on your resume it's one thing to have the classroom training but when you have the hands on that is experience because if you look that's how i market myself because a lot of places want you to have experience I spoke to that $400 as my experience. And that's what you can speak to too. So if you're in there and all you're doing is pill packs, all you can speak is to pill packs, that's not going to make you marketable. 
You see what I'm saying? Even after you get that certification, it's like, okay, well, what can you really do? And you can't speak to anything. You can't speak to the V-Pro. You can't speak to the Steris One. You can't speak to the Sterad. You can't speak to anything but pill packs. So if you notice that you're being a gopher, I think that you need to speak up. And you need to let them know things, other things you want to do. Like, for instance, I had ended up working at a trauma one because I wanted more experience. So I was PRN. And when I got there, the only thing they had me doing was wrapping loaner sets. So I wrapped them week one, week two, week three, mm -hmm. week three or four. I'm like, um, I'm very interested in seeing other things or learning other parts of the department. I'm pretty good on trades or I'm good on sterilization. It's like, oh, for real? Girl, come here. And next thing you know, I was doing everything. So I spoke up and I was able to be exposed to more things than, than before, and especially working at a trauma one. I was exposed to a lot more instrumentation than I was before. So I definitely um, spoke up. Also, another thing they mentioned, too, if you're there and there's huddles, you should be part of the huddles and you should be part of the different meetings they have because you need to understand how stuff works. When they have in-service, you need to be a part of these in-service as well. So if you're not part of any huddles or meetings or in-service or anything, then you need to speak up and be like, hey, I'm kind of interested in the in-services. Hey, I'm going to, you know, what goes on in the meetings or what are the huddles about? Or just start speaking up, say, I'm interested. Let them know you're interested because that is part of our daily activities, having in-service and having huddles. So you need to know what those look like. You need to know how people act in those, how they respond, the questions they ask, how long they are. To, to, you need to understand the difference between having a huddle and having a meeting. You don't need to ask those deep, deep questions that's going to take time in a huddle. Those probably need to be preserved for a meeting or reserved for a meeting. So you need to be able to understand that. If you go into a department and the authority is unclear, you don't know who the boss is, then you need to speak up also. If you know this person's telling you that and you're like, okay, is she the supervisor? Then that person over there is telling you, well, damn, who are you? Are you the manager? And you just like, or are you the lead tech? Are you the coordinator? Like, okay, wait a minute, who's in charge? You need to know who's in charge. You need to know who's that subject matter expert when you go in there because you don't want to get misinformation. You don't want to develop bad habits. You need to know if they have a training program for you. And that's why I go back to you going in there and having something that you can kind of gauge what's going on. And if you come from a school, then the school should have given you something. If not, you can go to Isham and find out. If not, you can reach out to me and we'll come up with something together. You should always be asking questions. You should take notes and you should be ready. You should be a great student. You should do more listening than you should be doing talking. But if you feel like you're doing something wrong, you always need to speak up, but you need to speak up to the right person. It doesn't make sense to complain to another tech, another student or anything like that. You need to reach out to the, class, the school that sent you there. You should have some kind of resource person that you can speak to. You need to talk to either the lead tech, the supervisor, the coordinator, the manager. You need to find out your chain of command and work your way up that. You should not be in there complaining and starting gossip with other people. And the last thing I want to touch on is they, they mentioned... Um, is this the last thing? Yes, the last thing. Yeah. Nobody want to hear people doing a bunch of complaints. But one thing they did mention, too, when I was doing my research is they said that it's illegal for a department to fire somebody or any organization to fire somebody and put interns in there, unpaid interns. And they say it's some legalities that goes on in there. So it's like, OK, they firing people and replacing them with interns. That could be a problem, especially us working in the medical field. That's definitely a patient safety issue because interns are definitely not ready to go in there and run the show. They definitely need somebody to hold their hands and we do not need to put them in critical positions. And like, for instance, sterilizing, they, they shouldn't come straight in there, in my opinion, sterilizing. 
It's like they really need to understand sterilizing. They really need to understand wet loads. They really need to understand what they're checking for before they put it in the load, what they're checking for when they pull it out the load, what they're checking for when they're loading it up to take it up to the core. When they're putting it on the shelves in the core, they need to know what they're looking for. They need to know why they're looking for it. They need to know if they're running a biological on every load or not. They need to know what happened when the load cancels. You feel what I'm saying? They need to know, can this go in the steam or does it go in the VPRO? It's a lot around that. So we shouldn't be putting them in critical positions that's going to have a negative effect on patient care and a reputation of sterile processing department. Okay. So I do want to tell you one thing. If you do have a story you want to tell me about these $400 that have gone wrong for you, I do have a phone number you can call. It goes straight to voicemail. You do not have to talk to me or anybody else, all the other me's. And the number is 706-530-1088. That's 706-530-1088. You can leave a message. It's a voicemail. It's going straight to my voicemail. So, oh, that was a lot. So I'm going to get out of here. It's 446 in the morning. It's time for me to go to work. I hope you find this information valuable. I hope you pass this information on to someone. And I hope if you have the opportunity to be an intern or to take your externship at a hospital, that you can be a better student. And I hope as we receive people from uh, straight from the streets or we... Uh, take people in from different schools or what have you, that we're the best training facility that they can ask, um, possibly get by giving them what they need and not just treating them as a warm body or just extra help or a gopher. We want to make sure they become successful because we set the tone how they feel moving forward in the industry. And we don't want them to come in there with bad habits and we don't want them to start off with a bad taste in their mouth already. So you guys go out there and continue to be great. You have a great day.